Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Welcome back this week, you guys. I know last week we took the week off with the holidays here in the States, and I wanted to continue our conversation about hormones. You know, our last episode, we talked about birth control, how to kind of come off of your birth control, if that's something that you're thinking about doing. And this time we have a special guest coming in to talk more about menopause and perimenopause, all the things to kind of expect, how to help support yourself through this phase. And this episode is jam-packed. I hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about my sexy box. Sexy box is the quarterly subscription box with all of the hottest intimacy enhancement products. This sexy box is valued at over a hundred dollars and it's yours for only $74.99. And trust me, usually they are worth way more than a hundred dollars. Highly recommend getting yours right away. To get your sexy box, go to sexybox.jordandanelle.com. Link is in the bio. I also wanted to tell you about my new swag that is out. I have created some new shirts, vaginas, vulvas, and vibrators. Oh my, I masturbated today, manifesting dope shit, and it's just a vibe. There are some awesome new shirts out there that you will want to wear to represent and support the Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators podcast. So go to swag.jordandanelle.com to get yours today. Link will also be in the bio. Joining me today is Michelle Pryor Alameda. I found her through Clubhouse and really loved how she helped women who are dealing with perimenopause and menopausal symptoms and really wanted to open up that conversation about what other women are experiencing. She is the founder of the Heels and Hot Flashes podcast, and she also runs Circles for Women or Women's Group Circles to just have more conversations about perimenopause and menopause. I am so excited to have her joining me today. All right, Michelle, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you decided to start working with menopausal women and why this is a passion of yours? So, of course, it was about 2017, and I woke up one morning, I looked at my husband, and I was like, I don't like you, I don't like my friends, I don't like my job. I just had this really, I was not happy. But what it was is that I was kind of not facing the real facts. Like I was having hot flashes, mood swings, all the things that you would have in menopause, yet I didn't want to face it. And I always say I wake up and I say that about my husband because we're best friends. And I woke up and I thought, what did I get myself into? Well, and I realized that there was something not right. We know when our hormones are off. I've always been in tune with my body. So um, I started doing research and I realized that I was going through early menopause. And people probably don't know, but you can start menopause as early as 35. So when you're in your late 30s and you think that you're going through menopause, it brings a lot of stuff to surface. 
We didn't, I, I didn't want children, but then all of a sudden it was like, okay, now I have like the closing of the door. So do I want to try to make that happen? I was sweaty. I started feeling very different. And what it was, it was that I love my husband very much, but my libido had dropped. And so that's why I was looking at him like, Oh, like, because every morning we would sit there and we'd hold each other. And I just wasn't feeling that. And I realized that there was something I needed to do. So we started doing research, him being my best friend. We really, really discovered. And then I went to the doctor and they said I was in perimenopause. So so that's when I decided I wanted to help everybody because it took me um, a long time to face the reality. And it also, the fact that you're getting old and older, right? And getting better. Right. But yet it's not a dreaded word that people hate talking about. So you brought up perimenopause. What is perimenopause? So perimenopause is like you have signs that you're losing your eggs. So you're still actually having your period. You're, that's not, but your, your hormonal changes start. So you might have a few hot flashes. You might start feeling like you're in a space, but everything is like moody. Like you'll like all of a sudden you'll be in a beautiful setting and you don't know why and why you're in the setting, why you want to be here. You question everything. And one of the things is that perimenopause is the time that most women get misdiagnosed with anxiety or depression because that's part of the menopause. It's not as prevalent, but it is there. So it is basically, you might start having slower periods, but you're having the change. Your body is already changing. That makes sense. How is that different from menopause? Menopause is that you, you have to go one full year without a period or your cycle, so to speak. And, and so you're not actually, so your biological clock is off, but perimenopause, you could still be, you could still get pregnant. A lot of people do have babies during that time because they go six, seven months and think that their period is that cycle is done. And then boom, there's a baby. Yes. You see that every now and then when I was working primary care, I would see that happen where you think that you can't get pregnant because you haven't had a period, but it's kind of like after you have a child, you don't know when your next period is actually going to happen. And until it's been that full 12 months, you are not in the clear. So you talked about the age of perimenopause starting as early as 35. What is like the average age that you commonly see it happening at? About 45, you might start feeling it. A lot of people, not until they're in their 50s, but we're talking perimenopause. So that can go on for a decade. So it's not the same as going through menopause. And I'm still going through menopause and and it's not over for me. So I'm still in menopause. But to be postmenopausal or on the other side of it, that's a whole other story. Yeah. So it's kind of a process where your hormones are fluctuating and changing and it doesn't happen overnight. It's a long, can be a long process for some women. Yes. And one thing I want to say is every woman is different. There is no, my 
my experience will not be the next woman's experience. And so because of that, that's why I started my whole inner circle of hills and hot flashes where women are able to talk about this because really the truth is nobody wants to talk about it. People don't want to talk about a lot of things. They definitely don't want to talk about those private areas. They don't want to talk about cycles because then if you don't have a cycle, that might say, I mean, the whole spinster over 30 thing that has been from since before our time is still the same when it comes to menopause. We, and I always want to say that because I've had people who have sat through my weekly circle that's as, as, as young as 32. But what happened is they might have had something medical and had a hysterectomy and that pushed through their side, their, their perimenopause. Yes. Cause that can play a huge role into it too. Like a medical uh, menopause where if you have your ovaries removed and you're not producing the estrogen anymore, that can result in the same symptoms. And I think that a lot of providers don't always make that clear before having a hysterectomy that if you have a total hysterectomy, your sex hormones are no longer being produced at the same level. There might be low level. And I see a lot of patients that were not prepared mentally for that outcome. Yes. And especially, like I said, I woke up one day and like, why am I here? What is going on? Because you see this happening, but emotionally, you know, it's real, but you don't want, you don't want to face that fact. And imagine me going through it. Imagine somebody who had to have an early hysterectomy going through that. That is like the sure sign. Not only are it's like their window for children is closed, but everything from your, from how you feel how you, I mean, how you deal with every day, because I have to tell you, there is no fix. We still have to go through the process. A lot of people might do hormone replacement and things like that, but the reality of it is this is a natural phase in our lives. And it's even better when we get to our golden years. I haven't gotten there yet, but I hear it's great. My mom talks about it all the time. I love that. Something to look forward to. How you mentioned that when you started having perimenopause, you had a decrease in your libido. How does perimenopause, menopause, a lot of times affect sexuality and desire? Well, there's two sides of this coin. One is the, the, the side where the desire is gone, but you also will start experiencing a little more um, dryness down there. Hormonally, when your hormones are off, you're not feeling desirable. If you're sweaty and you're laying there and you're full of sweat and your partner's laying next to you, you don't feel desirable because you've just went through this whole personal summer. So there's a two part, the hormonal part and really, and just what's happening down there with vaginal dryness. That's like one of the biggest of perimenopausal and menopause is that there is vaginal dryness. I am so glad that you brought that up because vaginal dryness is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I think that we are not promoting lubricant enough and lube is life. My, my girlfriend, Rachel Maine always says that 
for women who are menopausal or having pain with intercourse dryness, a lot of times I personally recommend like a silicone or like a hybrid type lubricant for intercourse because it's going to last a little bit longer. And then looking at like a vaginal, not just a daily lubricant, you can use that, but more of like a vaginal moisturizer every Mm -hmm. day to help with that as well. So, so I have to tell you that I am a person that loves all natural because I, 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 I think that whatever we can do, and let me be clear, people like us, women like us got through this process without all of the bells and whistles that we have today. Technology and everything has changed. So I'm, I'm always involved. I try to find with my inner circle, and that's what we call ourselves on Wednesdays, my circle, we actually talk about how to do that naturally. So a person young today, even going before perimenopause, might use some coconut oil. I feel like that's really great. It kind of, it's kind of like when you get up in the morning and you do your face, nobody's really taking care of the girl downstairs, right? So we're taking, we're doing this and we're, and this one is just as important. So, so our lips here and our lips down there needs to be taken care of, right? So, yes, um, they do. And so I always say like, even someone who doesn't have that dryness should start with something like that just to help people. I've used olive oil, but I use, try to use things that are natural. And, and of course you're not putting it all the way in all the time, but just to keep it moist down there. I mean, it's almost as important as Kegel exercise. Oh, I love that you brought up Kegels. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about why you think those are so important for perimenopausal, menopausal women? Because actually it's stimulation. And I'm going to be honest with you. Part of my journey through menopause, which is why I'm really an advocate for it, is my personal journey of learning myself. And I knew I was having things hormonal, but I also needed to take that extra time to explore myself, my sexuality, and my body. So I started doing the exercises, but I noticed that the more I did those exercises, the more I wanted to be with my partner as opposed to not. So you have to keep things moving down there. Circulation is the key. And so with the exercises, the Kegel exercises, and you're sitting there and you don't, nobody knows when you're doing them, that's a good time. And it does bring something to the forefront that you wouldn't ordinarily want. And yes, your libido is low, but that doesn't mean you're, you don't want to have sex, right? That's not what that means. It, you really do, but but you're just not sure during menopause, like how you feel about it. Some people experience soreness down there because of it. So then they're thinking like, that's the same thing. So I'm all about, if you don't mind me saying masturbation, so that so that you can be ready for your partner, right? If that's what you so choose. So the exercise on top of the moisture down there, on the, the exercise keeps that the blood flowing and it keeps you wanting to have sex. You'd be surprised. I mean, I think I, w- I want sex more now than I did before, but that was not until I did the research and figured out 
what I wanted to do. And that's really why I talk to a lot of women about saying, hey, listen, you're going through this, but this is the way to find your libido. Your libido is not lost. It's there. But there are things you need to do. And I, I actually feel like my brain is more into what I'm feeling being in tune with my body now as I get older that, yeah, the Kegel exercises are good, but I also, through the moisture and using the lubricant or the one of the coconut oil, kind of really changed my perspective on sex. Because then I found out that it wasn't that sex I didn't like. It was just that I needed more time to get there. So I want to yes. tell I want to tell your audience <laughs> that it's not that you have low libido. It's just it takes you longer to get there. And so then you start exploring more sexually with yourself so that you can tell your partner what you want. I love that. When this podcast drops, I will have just launched my program, Get the Sex You Desire, and it's all about like learning yourself to have better sex. And there were so many things that you brought up in there. The first thing is arousal non-concordance. Have you heard of that term before? So that's ultimately where your body may not be responding, but your mind wants sex, or maybe your mind isn't responding, but your body's responding. And that's really what you're kind of talking about here is like, I may not want physically want sex, but maybe I mentally want sex or vice versa. Because when you're going through all those changes, you sometimes have a hard time knowing how you feel and you're learning to listen to the new you. The other thing that you brought up that I love is you talked about masturbation and I'm a huge fan of masturbation. Something that I was always taught growing up is that if you don't use it, you lose it. And yes, right. And so you hit the nail on the head when you brought this up, because I feel like We aren't taught about masturbating to keep more blood flow, to keep the tissue elastic. Those are all things that are going to help you want to have sex. Yes. And quite honestly, how can you tell somebody what you want if you don't know yourself? And so part of that exploration that I feel that happens, and for me, Because the one thing you don't want to do is sit around a table and everybody complains. My thing is let's sit around and let's talk about it. Let's open up to each other and say what these things work. This did not work for me. Maybe you can try this. This happened. We need to open up this. There are words like vagina. There are words like masturbation. There are words like sex. There are words like this that we really don't talk about because it's a stigma behind it. But I believe that if we start talking more about what you just said, more about sex, more about masturbation, that it's going to help us as a society. Because I grew up, nobody talked about sex, vaginas. I mean, listen, We would say down there and all these words instead of saying your vagina, right? We would talk about, you know, you know, and then it's like, okay, like you are my, you might need some lubricant. Like you said, people should be talking about this, especially women to help other women. That way, when you said that, like lubricant start early, I wish you would have told me that when I was in my twenties, right? That 
daily moisturizer. I mean, I'm sitting here going, yes, I didn't realize that that's what I call it, but you've given me some words to say, which is daily moisturizer. I always say, just get the coconut oil, try it, use that every day and just kind of help. But you said something that was fabulous. Moisturizer, let's make sure. And so because of what we're, we're talking about, if people, and I'm talking women like you who have a passion for these things, if we start talking like we're doing right now, we can help so many people. The stigma behind not only our, our vaginas, but masturbation and menopause is something nobody wants to talk about. I mean, think about period or your cycle. People, and when I was growing up, and I and it was like your girlfriend came to town. Aunt Flo is in town. We had all these things instead of saying, okay, I started my cycle or I started my period or it's that time of the month. We always say something that we think is okay. And what I found and how I started mine is my my circle is was I, I have a group of women that we would always get together. And after the meet, after we would do whatever the activity is, we'd always sit around with a glass of wine and we started talking about it. And I was, I actually had an experience as well with the hot flash. And the first one that was really major, it almost was like your heart kind of speeds up. And so some people have gone to the emergency room actually thinking they're having a heart attack because they're going through a menopausal symptom. And what I found is all of us were looking for answers. And so it just kind of evolved into something that I felt like if 10 people I know is feeling that, their 10 people that they know is feeling the same thing. And we discovered that nobody is talking about it. So if there was somebody like you who was advocating our vagina and loving it, and this is a proud thing, this is a wonderful thing, right? If there were more people out there like you, I think the world would be a better place. There wouldn't be, there would be a lot of, I think, less problems when it comes to sex, sexuality, all of those things, if we opened up this dialogue. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to come and talk. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I think that it's so important that we are embracing our sexuality and why both of us share on our platforms to help educate other people and help them feel validated. Because I think that's the biggest thing when you're going through anything in life, you feel sometimes alone because we aren't talking about it. So if people like yourself and me are out here sharing, we are allowing space for other people to feel heard and safe. So I want to know what tips do you have for helping manage perimenopause and menopausal symptoms? So, so one of the things that I'm, I'm always like going for, I want to make sure that I give those 10 essential things that you might, that you probably could do. And I, let me just say the 10 things. So when you're coming to mood swings and you're talking about mood swings, then I am. And remember, I explained that I try to do everything natural. So I use John's, John's Worth. That is good for your mood swings. If you have painful and heavy periods, 
I always talk about the lube that we talked about, sometimes water-based. So just uh, depending on some people are very sensitive. So again, coconut oil, maybe olive oil, if you have sensitive skin, low libido, those when it's low libido, it's like more fatigue, night sweats, all of that. I always say, okay, first of all, water is the number one thing. A lot of people do HRT, but I'm not into the hormone reduction placements. I try to get, I'm trying to get through it. So I, I use for that, I use a fan on the side of my bed and I drink plenty of water. You'll flush it, you'll flush it, you'll flush it, what you eat. So when we start thinking about vegetables, what you're putting in your body, maybe stay away from a lot of meats because Sometimes meat messes up your hormones. I I use lemon water every morning and that helps. And so anything that, let me see, let me give you another one. First, anything grown is great. Some people knows, knows, so I have a lot of vegetarian friends. I actually fish fish and chicken, but not a lot. So I make that a treat. So I'm really on like a lot of plants because I believe if it's growing and it's alive, it keeps you alive and it keeps you growing. I stay away from a lot of dairy because dairy sometimes plays a part with that. Also, I recommend a dildo for women who are going through um, menopause. Just keep it. And that helps with the sexuality. I always say dress in layers but really it's, you are what you eat. Try to get to bed. Don't leave things on because also it plays with your sleep, right? So menopause plays with your sleep. You could have slept every night all the way through and all of a sudden menopause comes along and you're up all night. I always say, turn off all the electronics and all of those things, and then try to live in silence at night, really take that time to get a good night's sleep. That helps. Exercise is a great one. I exercise. You put on weight during this time because of the hormonal imbalance. So I gained about 39 pounds and I've lost 42 of them and I've kept it off once I went on my journey. And that's because I didn't care what I ate. And see, that's the other thing. I was in my 20s. I could eat McDonald's. I could eat whatever I wanted to. But the moment I started going through perimenopause, I couldn't eat the right thing. So it really starts with your water, your diet, and and your self-love. And I keep on going back to that self-love without saying it. I have a date with myself at least twice a week. I love that. Before we recorded this, I definitely just had a date with myself and had a nice warm bath. It was beautiful. Some bubbles, did some meditation because today I'm just feeling it today. And so... I think that that is some really good tips for honestly everyone. Like, yes, it's great for perimenopausal, menopausal women, but those are things that every woman should be really looking at and thinking about, especially the food. I am a huge proponent of diet and how diet affects the way we feel. Like just an example, this weekend, we had uh, a nice party weekend, three straight days of partying and eating out part of why I'm feeling it today. And what you put in your body truly affects how you feel. It affects your mood. It affects everything. And really analyzing what you do to take care of yourself every day is so important. So I love it. Okay. You just said something that I, I limit my alcohol, but if I'm going to drink alcohol, 
I don't put the sweeteners in there. So if I'm going to, so I use, I drink organic tequila straight. I don't put things inside of it. And if I want something a little bit more bubbly, I use champagne or, or Prosecco. It's lower in sugar. It gives you a nice little cocktail. And But really drinking is not a good, because the more you drink during perimenopause and menopause, the more you'll have the hot sweats. And that's just a known fact for all as we get older. So I say, if you're going to drink, go straight. Don't I mean, yes, we love the cutesy ones, you know, like martinis. Uh, martinis is okay because it's really just vodka with a little olive juice, with a lot of olive juice, however you like it, But it for and a vermouth. But really, it's great just to have a really good shot. Just sip it. That's great advice. My go-to usually is like vodka water or club soda with lime because both of those are relatively benign. So I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. This has been really helpful information. I know a lot of the listeners potentially are kind of in that phase of approaching perimenopause, menopause, and it can be kind of confusing and overwhelming. So I'm really glad you're here to share this information with everybody. If the listeners take one thing away from today's conversation, what would you want it to be? Wow. I love that question. And that is that you're not alone and get to know your body because no matter what's happening, if you don't know your body, you won't know what's happening. And I don't mean sexually. I mean, get to know what is working. If you eat something and it and it affects you and you can tell, then that's not something you need to eat. It doesn't help you And listen, these rules that we're talking, it's to live by regardless if a person is going through menopause or not, because they're just healthy ways to help keep the female body working and flowing, right? And we live longer when we really look at those things. So I hope that your audience sees that we're all going to go through this. It's okay. There's a place to go and just drink plenty of water and eat right. Amen to that. Really learning to listen to your body and respect your body and the signs that it's telling you. I mean, when you develop that relationship with it, that is huge. It's huge. And you will benefit exponentially from learning to listen and trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. And we can all have more sex. We can all have more, more live livelihood if you just practice these simple steps. And I really, I love the the fact that you're even opening up a door for me to even say vagina or opening up a door for me to love ourselves. So many times women are living in shame of that one piece of our body. It could be trauma. It could be all kinds of things, right? We must learn to love ourselves. We have to love ourselves. And part of that is really spending time having to date yourself. And that is important. And if that means masturbation, that's fine. But I'm talking a hot bath and really just being in the zone of yourself. More often, we're doing things so fast that we're not taking the time for self-care. Self-care is the first one. And I always say water is the first one because I think the real key ingredients to all of our lives is just water, just having some H2O. I drink five or six of these a day because that helps me flush everything out. So thank you again. And it's true. 
Love it. Where can the listeners find you at? So they can find me at Hills and Hot Flashes, but you can catch me on Instagram. I'm Michelle Pryor Alameda. And with that, you can go onto my link tree if you're curious as to if you need to start doing something about your perimenopause. It gives you all the 10 signs and I give you tips on how to work through those. And and most of all, go see your doctor. I love it. Thank you so much, Michelle. This episode is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.